The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. And we are here. You are there. Thanks for being there. And now it's prayer time. For the next 45 minutes, we will have quiet. Um, I don't want any talking or anything like that. So um, start. That's a different kind of prayer than I was thinking. I don't know what kind of prayer I was really thinking. I didn't really have a prayer in mind. Let's move on. Actually, we can pray that uh, there's no more injuries for the Seahawks. Let's pray for that. I've already seen. uh, Well, it's kind of weird, though, right? Because like Zach Charbonnet got injured and it was a shoulder thing. And it was like, oh, that one sounds. And then he yeah. came back, like, what, a few practices later. Right. Um, so he seems fine. And then I think Pete Carroll said something about, like, hey, we're not doctors. It's like, oh, that's true. And then um, – and they don't really know. You know, they just know what they're being told and stuff like that. So thankfully right. he came back or is coming back to today. We're recording this on Sunday. He's coming back to practice today. And right. then Kenneth Walker is out. Sounds like he could play if it was a real game. Um, yeah. And then Kenny McIntosh, of course, I haven't heard the latest on him, but – he injured his knee in the in the mock game, and so hopefully that won't be too bad. He was the one guy that was like healthy and kind of balling out, and the other two right. weren't practicing. And DJ Dallas, of course, never gets hurt. So, um, which is, yeah, seriously, what? Which thank God for that, right? Because he didn't miss two games last year, just in all seriousness. But he yeah. doesn't get injured as much as the other ones they've had. Yeah. So it's, which again, it's kind of, which again, and I. I love to hate saying it, but when people say, why did they draft a running back there? Because running backs get hurt, especially in mm-hmm. Seattle. Have you not? How long have you been a fan? Because you're not a 12 if you have to ask that question. <laughs> but how, how, man, how many minutes have you been a fan of the Seahawks that you don't understand that Hawks running backs get hurt? It's like, yeah, we're going on like seven straight years of having issues at this point. Um, yeah. and, and, and usually that's in the season, not even training, not this early. I think they still they need to add another running back or yeah, keep another. They need I to agree. have five besides Bel- Belor. But I mean, Belor might even. Belor's not a running back. Belor's a football player. That's right. Yeah, I, but I, I mean, mean, if worse came to worse, he'd have to be the guy, right? So. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, uh, no, I can't say it. But. I would not want Nick Ballor as my starting running back for a season just because he's not that guy, but for a game, 
How hard would Nick Ballore play? Yeah, I mean, he, he, he would play plays as 110% hard. no matter he, what. He would play as hard as eight people in one. I mean, man. Yeah, I love the strength Ballore. of 10 Grinches plus two. <laughs> I love Nick Ballore. I mean, oh my God. I thought God. you were going to say the Grinch. I thought you were going to say, yeah. I love the Grinch. I, like, oh, okay. I love the Grinch. Uh, but the animated one, not so much any other version. Um, I haven't even, I have still not watched the Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, version yet because i understand that i didn't know there was one he talks about penguins and he just can't say it the <laughs> movie for me um <laughs> that's really weird the more he tries to say it the worse it gets which is hilarious i don't know if he's i mean it doesn't make sense the way he says it to us maybe that is actually maybe we're just misunderstanding maybe that's actually how you're supposed to pronounce it the way and he pronounces And it. he's the only one in the world who's right, which would not surprise me, <laughs> actually. He and his group. He's got a small group of penguin Peng, penguin pronunciators. Peng, peng, um, anyway. Yeah, uh, I, but, uh, yeah. yeah, but so we, uh, that, and that's just the running backs. And then yeah. at the receiver position, of course, we have Dariq Young, who missed the mock game because he's got a, some, as Pete Carroll said, some kind of sports hernia thing possibly going yeah. on. And they're just trying to arrest it and see... Um, I mean, so uh, anybody else I'm missing major that I'm missing? I think everybody else is, well, Tariq Woolen or Reek, I guess now yeah. Reek Woolen isn't playing yet, but I, right. I think the expectation is that he's going to be back by week one. Of course, they also said, oh, he'll be back by the start of training camp. And he, he wasn't and isn't right, right. Which is, which we'll get to that. And, um, I haven't started it, but I will be writing an article. You've probably written five already while we've been talking about it. But six if, now. I'm working on the sixth. If there's just about Chris Carson, which 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 matches the number of starting cornerbacks we have. Uh, if if there's any position the Seahawks can afford an injury, and of course you don't want it to be Reek, but I, has there ever been a team that's had? I'm not going to say depth because that implies that we won't need them and it looks like we might need every one of them but holy crap do they have a lot of starting quality corners it's crazy yeah and let's just i mean the good thing there i guess is that you know even if one or two like requalon is already injured I, from some something that happened in mini camp that uh, Trey Brown's having a great camp, uh, right, exactly. reportedly. Mike Jackson, of course, and then Witherspoon is still having a good. You know, since he's been back, he's having a good camp. It's not like he's yeah. playing himself out of a position. Um, Kobe Bryant got some rep at, at, at safety. safety. Yeah, just which is Artie good. Burns, I think. Artie Burns had a yeah. really good uh, mock game. So I mean, that's the thing. It's he goes like by Arthur Burns. now. I think. No, I'm just kidding. He goes, Arthur he, Burns. He should go by Rur. <laughs> it's like just go with the theme as like everyone's just going. Um, His football cards all have him reading E.M. Forrester on the front. It's really strange. <laughs> It'd be a little odd, but you know, I was like, I if Artie Burns has to start a few games, uh, well, it's not good because that means Reek is out, Jackson is out, uh, Spoon is out. So a lot of people are out. Yeah, a lot of people are out if that happens. But Nick Ballore, Nick Ballore's out. <laughs> Nick Ballore probably could play corner. Um, Just pressure corner. That's all he's playing. He's <laughs> five yards off the line. Is like and he's dead. <laughs> Just pancakes him. Um, which is how he would play. Um, 
might he might miss something, but like he probably won't. Uh, but you know, if Artie Burns is starting outside corner for a couple games, I'm comfortable with that. And he's what is he your sixth corner, your fifth at least? I think yeah. And 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 they just don't have room for all those guys on their roster. Though. That's right. That's well. Yeah, I mean, because we'll you have to, you have to, fifty-three man roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you only have to, you have to cut some, like you're gonna leave players out on other units. Right, right, exactly. And obviously, that's you're not gonna be able to put a couple of those guys on the practice squad because they ain't gonna stay in the practice squad. Right, but, I mean, and some it, of them may not even be practice squad. I think you have to still be eligible for. Right, right. Maybe like not. I, maybe I'm I wrong about that. No, you still have to be eligible. I'm not sure, off the top of my head like what the rules are and like burns might not be at this point obviously some other guys were would be but you're not going to put them on the practice squad uh but that beats the problem i was watching uh kj all day a couple of the episodes i was watching with uh digs and which is if you if you have not watched kj all day just stop listening to us and just pull it up on youtube yeah with g scott this. Who I like a lot. Yeah, too. He does a lot of scales. He's got his own radio show on KIR. Yeah. yeah. On a different station. But he'll it's all Seattle Sports is also owned by the same group. And so he's he sometimes just shows up in in the where the board is for Brock and Salk. It's kind of funny. Like that happened twice last <laughs> week. It's just like I'm stopping stopping by. Because he and Mike Salk have a, a playful that's, little that's disagreement. Funny. It's clear that they like each other, but yeah, it's just it's funny. Yeah, Scott's really good. I mean, he's really good, period. But with KJ, he's really, really good because he's an outsider and plays the role really well. But he's an insider, too, kind of, you know, and it's it's KJ, you mean? Yeah, KJ. Um, <laughs> but they were talking with Diggs and Diggs was talking about moving from corner to the lot to the line with the lines to safety and then coming to Seattle. And it was like and he wasn't like not to dog the team or anything but i'm in with the lions and you know uh talent level's a little different in the defensive backfield that's all and, and someone i don't remember who but i mean someone with a youtube show was talking about uh it's actually the guy that i mentioned to you that oh guy who was money. yeah that guy he needs to come on the show and he needs to pay uh he was just talking about the the difference between the corners with the Seahawks and the corners with the Lions, because he's a Lions fan, and they're like, it just kind of makes him sick. <laughs> you know? oh, let me like, and let me interject in case that that person ends up listening to this podcast, and I'm sorry or, if he stumbled onto this somehow. Or guess um, Yeah, no, it's it's he he wouldn't owe me any money. It's actually an honor to have anybody mention articles, <laughs> you know, about what yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. what you're using to talk about. So I mean, I, I totally yeah. appreciate that. So and I. And of course, I'm not prepared because I'm me. But I should have had his name ready. But he does really good stuff. And uh, next show, I'll talk about him because he he does podcasts. You say Nick Stoll? Yeah, Nick Stoll. He's going to be on the show too. <laughs> Got this podcast about the line. I'm the long snapper for the Seahawks, but my podcast <laughs> is all about the Lions. But uh, he does, there's no uh, rule against that. He does shows on on teams in general, but he's done a few about the Seahawks, even though he's a Lions fan. But not like. Oh, he can't talk about it. Like I'm just saying, he has broad interests and he's really good. But he was just bemoaning the fact. Is like, man, bemoaning is an interesting word. Yes, bemoan. He was he he was bemoaning. Um, 
<laughs> He'd be moaning. Uh, it's like it's like that about, phrase my dad used to always tell me. You know, don't get sick on your crucifix because nobody likes a vomiting martyr. I never really understood what he meant by that. But anyway, your dad was a funny guy. Um, <laughs> but he was he, he was unhappy with the fact, or not really unhappy, but just like mm, our best corner is an undrafted free agent, which you know that's okay. But you know he's just a guy and he's a plug-in and that's what they've got and he's their best. And you look at Seattle and it's like, dude. Their fifth corner is better than our starting corners. <laughs> and he was laughing about it. I was like, eh, man, what the heck? Yeah, but then uh, you see some of those guys like, you know, yeah, that yeah. don't work out or, or whatever. I mean, DJ Reed came to Seattle and yes. then he left. He was good, but Kerry Williams was a free agent signee and was a waste mm-hmm. several years ago. Yeah. Under Pete Carroll. So it's not, I, I'm not saying, you remember yeah, yeah. that time under Chuck Knox that they signed that? You know, it's... But, yeah, some guys fit certain systems. Um, you know, talking about, well, we're, we're actually talking about the Seahawks a lot. Something's wrong no, with the show. The heck? I guess there's uh, nothing else to talk about. We were talking about, uh, and Luke Wilson was on with KJ, and you need to watch that. Oh, um, yeah. Everybody, not just you, but everybody needs to watch that. I mean, you should be watching KJ's show anyway. I mean, it's excellent. Uh, the one with Luke Wilson is an hour and a half. And oh, as yeah. we were talking in pre-pro, hi, Ted, uh, you know, some movies, they're three hours long and they seem they just fly. It's like, that's what this was like. It was like, that was so entertaining. So cool. But he talked about one of our favorite themes, the fact that I don't know why they got Jimmy Graham. <laughs> and, and he stressed that he likes Jimmy Graham a lot. He said, He's friends with Jimmy Graham, and yeah, he plays the same position, but that's not what this is about. He says, but we have this run-oriented, smash-mouth football team. And he he said, like at the beginning, it's like, if Jimmy Graham had stayed with the Saints, he would be the greatest tight end in the history of the game. And he was serious. And I can... Yeah, I can can see that with the production, receiving production. production. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what he's talking about. said, but why... And KJ's going, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I was like, and and his point was, why do you trade the team captain, the guy who calls all the signals for a run-oriented team? Why do you trade that guy away for? And they didn't even touch on the real issue, which we'll talk about in a bit, for a receiving tight end who can't block. And. and right. And, you know, as we've said, and both of us have written about it probably three or four times at this point, I think. Uh, this, just this week. <laughs> just today. I, I think Jake wrote about it just a while ago. I'm not sure if it was Jake, and I apologize for whoever wrote it, but it was like revisiting that trade. And oh, just, it was It was who? Silas Maddox. Oh, it's us. Okay, sorry. Sorry, Silas. But uh, it was a stupid trade. Because they were not going to use Jimmy Graham the way the Saints used. They were not going to throw 140 balls to Jimmy Graham. That's what made Jimmy Graham productive. He got a thousand opportunities. I mean, in his career, literally, <laughs> you know, in just over a few years. They were not going to do that. So why do you trade for him, knowing you're not going to use him that way? It didn't make any sense at the time. And you know, we were at the time because we've been writing for 12 Men Rain for a long time. It's like, oh, this is really cool. And I, or I can say that I wasn't really thinking it through, but it was apparent very quickly 
that they weren't going to change the entire team's uh, identity for one player, nor should they. So, and as you tried a little bit, yeah. And as and he wasn't bad when he was with Seattle. He just no, it's not. It's not that he was bad, and that's not what Luke was saying. It was the wrong fit. Getting back to what you're saying, it's like some players. It was like okay, and he didn't bomb with Seattle, but he left Seattle too because he didn't turn out to be what they expected. But that's not on that's not on Jimmy Graham. That's on the Seahawks, right? Because they yeah. should have known he's going to get 90 targets, yeah. if that. He's not going to get 100. And, I think one year he had like 170 targets, just insane. But that's how he got the production. He didn't like pull down 80 percent of his targets. No, because well, I mean, unless you're a Seahawks. Unless you're Will Disley. Unless you're Will Disley, exactly right. You don't pull down 80% of your targets. Will Disley. But he doesn't get targeted that much either. Yeah, exactly. It's it's different. I was writing today, Sunday, or whichever day you're you're listening to this. Your seventh article of the day, and it's not even (laughs) soon. No, so I I actually, we posted one on 12thmanrising.com today. Uh, So it's still on the site, even if you're listening to this on Thursday, about the five worst draft picks uh, i got inspired by something that happened early late last week um anyway um of the pete carroll and john schneider era mm-hmm. and i was going through the since 2010 and there's some obviously in the early 2010 some fantastic draft classes oh. and then i was in 2013 i was looking i was like eh, there's one guy on there that maybe but then i looked at the draft class overall which is awful but um Luke Wilson was drafted <laughs> in 2013. He, this sounds wow. ridiculous, but he's the best draft pick that the Seahawks took that year. And he was taken in the fifth round because they had all these picks after the fifth round. But but yeah. Chris and Michael, Jordan Hill, yeah. Chris Harper, Jesse Williams, their old Simon, Spencer Ware, Ryan Seymour, Ty Powell, Jared Smith, Michael Bowie, and Luke <laughs> Wilson. I mean, who else? Spencer Ware was okay with the Chiefs, but yeah, he only yeah. played one season in Seattle. I mean, that's and it's, it's not even okay. close that Luke Wilson is the best draft pick. No, that's that not class. Michael was okay, but you, at that position, you better be not just okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, clearly he was the best draft pick out of that. That's incredible. I didn't talk Com- about that. That's right. Combined everybody else offensively in that draft class, and there are one, two three, four, four people combined that could have had touchdowns in their career. Combine the other three have three touchdowns and Wilson has 11, which still isn't a lot, but he's tripled, almost quadrupled the output of everybody else. Yeah. If the rest of the class had been proportionally similar to to his production. I lie. That's just receiving touchdowns because Spencer Ware exploded. Actually, he did have one really good year with the Chiefs, but But still. um, Yeah. But receiving wise... Yeah, so. that's that's ridiculous. He also had an interception. No, I'm making that part up. <laughs> Luke Wilson, uh, and of course, they talked quite a bit with him just about. They finally got around to Techno Thursday. Uh, took him <laughs> in the short shorts. It took a while. Which to Bobby get Wagner loves. <laughs> <laughs> and KJ was telling him, as, it was like that that tradition lives on. It was like DK is into it. Like several of the players are still into it, and he's like, "Ah, oh, it makes me so happy." <laughs> so, <laughs> That's cool. Wilson is a different person, man. But he also retweeted our, like, actually retweeted our Happy Canada Day in early no, July. That's right. Yeah, yeah. 
didn't just um, like it. He retweeted it, which means he was drinking that day. Probably. So. I, I that's okay. What, what he's doing, because he's talking, he says he's uh, doing media work up uh, here in Canada. So I'll have to, he might be down the street. Um, he and John the, Ryan should have a podcast. I can't believe it's actually they don't. not a bad idea. I can't believe they don't. They should, because honestly, it's like Luke Wilson was a good, I think, what, eight year career. That's a good career in the yeah. NFL. John Ryan was and a John solid Ryan, punter for a long time. John Ryan was one of the best punters in the league for, Jesus, a dec- more than a decade, right? Yeah, they yeah. should have a podcast. I, I don't know how John Ryan is. I don't remember oh, how. He's, he's very funny. Well, the, I, he has. They both have the Canadian sense of humor, which is a good sense of humor. To that's have. a very. That's a very. They, yeah, I need to. We need to go to their social media pages and say, you guys, you want to take our places on this podcast for twelve grand? <laughs> yeah, and all of a sudden, the listeners should go from three to three hundred thousand. That's right. It pays like uh, pays like a dollar. Actually, we surprisingly them, get more listens. Lot listens than i than i thought and it keeps going up every week so thank you for listening seriously but you know if john ryan and luke wilson were doing this podcast like they're okay but i really miss todd and lee they're they're just really you know the the parts they're really stupid they didn't know anything about the seahawks but that was only five minutes of the show exactly i miss those dumbasses who would talk about barbecue recipes and movies (laughs) instead of that freaking seahawks Speaking of dumbasses, D. Eskridge got suspended <laughs> uh, late last week for a domestic. I, I, I like how. So I'm laughing at the situation. I'm laughing at the segue. <laughs> but it was funny because the 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 NFL rules now, since they've been updated for this year, pretty pretty clear. Like it, if it's there's a domestic a domestic violence domestic situation going on. It's like a six-game suspension, boom, right? right? And it could even be something that happened before you got in the NFL. In Eskridge's case, it, it wasn't. It was earlier this year. Right. And you know, we don't really know. His agent agency released a statement of like, yeah, he's going through some. And, and honestly, if he does have issues and he's seeking therapy, uh, obviously, you know, the right. joke about the dumbasses all aside, if he, if he has yeah. issues and he's Seeking therapy, then and wish all the best. Therapy, exactly right, and I hope he gets his uh, act together. I can't say what. I and I hope his family together. is safe. I, absolutely, that's the number one thing. And I hope he gets a. I hope he treats them the way they should be treated. Obviously, right? Yeah, like and human beings. Together, exactly. and, and it sounds like, and who knows? You know, who knows what's in this guy's heart, right? But it sounds like, the little I've read from his statements, that it's legitimate regret and concern and like i gotta fix this uh, and hopefully that's that's it not just like well i gotta say this because the nfl is making me say it so yeah anyway but I, but to, I, yeah i wrote an article late last week when on the day he was suspended that yeah. the suspension was announced that the seahawks should just release him and and i right. still agree with that and it's not has very little to do with the domestic situation if he was right. a i, I, I Number one, obviously hope that situation never had happened or never does happen again. That's okay. the main thing. But that aside, um, he just isn't a good player. I don't care what he's done in camp this year. Right. I mean, because this camp, as you said, pre-pro, I camp is nothing. I mean, right, you got to prove it in games. and He's never even come close to looking like, oh, yeah, one day he'll be a productive player. Now he's in season three. Yeah. He's got two seasons left this season and next unless he's released. 
And it's he hasn't shown that he can do literally anything. He's like, just taking up a roster spot that you could give to one of the cornerbacks. Right. Basically. Like, yeah, like I said, it's like he'll run three jet sweeps and they'll be out for four games. Yeah. And that and that's unfortunate, but that's that's what he's produced. And, yeah, and, and you can't and sorry to jump in. You can't yeah. blame that on Shane Waldron either. There's something he's showing right. in camp that shows this guy isn't a good route runner and we're right. having to use him this way instead of some other way. Right, exactly. I mean it's like, and and he has obviously gone out and run routes. We're not we're not saying he hasn't done any of that. But like you said, he's not. I producing. need the film on that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not producing when he does it. Clearly, yep. and, and it's like, yeah, he's had a great camp, and Gino's pumping him up as Gino should, because that's that's what Gino does. That's what Gino does, and it's kind of Gino's. That's what quarterbacks should do. They should be assistant coaches Agreed. for the offense, and Gino does that job. At, he does all of his job to the hilt, but Gino does that. I mean, this guy, uh, again, talking about the KJ show and, and KJ was saying it's like people that say Gino's quiet and like Gino is not quiet. I don't think. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that I don't people on the I, maybe he's quiet. It's weird because Russell Wilson was kind of quiet, too, I guess. Yeah. Um, and quarterbacks generally are, but they're not that way in the locker room. and They, they can't be. In the locker right. room, I don't. I no, never, they're not. And he said he's not that way in the sidelines. Said it's like clearly you can see him getting really yeah, pissed. At times. Gino is a. He said Gino is the leader. And like you hear, you listen to. Gino makes it known what he feels, and not like in a bad way. But I mean, it's like it's not like Brady or or Dan Marino out on the field. He doesn't do that out on the field, but on the sidelines when it's time to correct mistakes or own your own mistakes. He's very vocal, and that's what you want. But, yeah, so Gino's doing his job by pumping up a guy who's not played up to expectations. That's part of his job. And I'm sure he's addressing errors as well because Gino clearly does that too. And, and yeah, we know the coach. And, he, and they have to because yeah. otherwise he's throwing a pass that gets intercepted that isn't his fault. Right, exactly. But I completely agree with you, and it has nothing to do with the reason why he's sitting out six games. But the fact that he's sitting out six games gives them the opportunity. And whether the rules are that they can't cut him until this is done or they can cut him, I I agree with you. I think they, they can. But it's like. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Just why? Like he's taken up a roster spot. And at this point, he hasn't shown it. Camp, he's had good camps. Who cares? Like you have to have a good season. Right. And, and he yeah, has to he's, stay healthy and productive, and he hasn't done either of those. Right. Which is unfortunate for the guy because I was hyped when they got him. A lot of people were, right? But hasn't been there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the way he's handled himself. I mean, he was a second round draft pick, but he was still the first pick. He was their first this, pick that year. Yeah. Yeah. Of 20, just 2021 Seahawks. But you, I was like, oh, maybe this guy will be wide receiver three, you know? And then now they actually have a legit wide receiver three. Oh. Even last year coming in, you know, he, he did play 10 games, but it was never like, oh, Marquis good one. Well, if you're the second round first pick of your team. Yeah. And and Marquis good one. No offense to Marquis good one, because I thought he actually played pretty well last year. He was good. It, is like, oh, yeah, this guy will be wide receiver three. And you're not even mentioned, but this that you see the difference between Eskridge and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who um, talks see, and plays and acts like he's been in the league five years already. You see the difference between Eskridge and Marquis Goodwin. Who yeah, but they, Goodwin was a Goodwin was to, a veteran. I guess that's that's the difference is Jackson Smith well, true, and Jigba true. is is a rookie that acts like he's. Again, been in the league for five years. I mean, just listening to him do the press yeah. conference on Thursday, I mean, he's just calm. He's not, I mean, he just, he's years beyond his actual age. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that'll, of course, that, again, means nothing until we get in the regular season, right? It's like, oh, what right, happened to that guy? But I, you don't get the feeling that that's going to happen with either he or Witherspoon. They just right. they approach exactly. things differently, but they both want to succeed and at a high level and he's just yeah he's and they're they're willing to do let me put it this way they're willing to do what it takes to succeed at the high level and they have the ability to do that i'm not saying that eskridge isn't willing to do the work but maybe at some point he's not and it, he also doesn't have the ability but maybe he maybe he has the work ethic maybe he has the ability but it doesn't matter in the end because he's not showing it on the field and that's right that's what matters. And he's not been able to do it. And, and you think if he no was showing it in, in camp, though, that they would be playing him more. Yeah. They don't. Uh, clearly, there's a trust issue there. Like we, we put this guy in the game. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason. I totally agree with you. There's no reason to keep him before. The six week suspension thing. And again, I'm not talking about the reason for it. That's completely aside. We're just talking about on the field, talking about production before that happened. Like, yeah. Why are they keeping this guy? Because like we know what his ceiling is. It's three right. jet sweeps and I'm out four weeks. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's three, three non-productive jet sweeps. Right. Yeah. That's actually he has gotten almost as many. He's got 69 rushing yards and six carries over his career. And he's got 127. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but he's he's over halfway to his receiving mark just in the rushes. So and, and for your first pick. Your second round, that should be his That's best exactly game. That's exactly what you want. Oh, that oh, should... sorry. We. <laughs> that should be his best game, not his career. But that's yeah. his career. Exactly. Yeah, that's for sure. And again, so, I mean, he, you know. he was still a second round pick. It's it's like, you know, oh, he's in right. the second round. Well, DK Metcalf was the second round, almost the third round. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Doug Baldwin. Oh, he wasn't even drafted. Right. But like second round, exactly. you need to produce. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just does come down to willpower sometimes. So, um, 
Well, we're going to talk next week. We'll talk, well, whenever we do this next uh, next week. Offense and defense uh, MVP, we'll have our guesses for that. And then um, we'll talk about the preseason game that happens Thursday. The Seahawks play the Vikings at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Um, it's on NFL Network, so if you're not local to Seattle, you can should be able to watch it as long as you have that on your cable. Um, you should be able to watch the game. Uh, that one and the next one, too, that happens the following Saturday, I believe, and then they play the Packers, and that one's not on, but it's also really early, 10 a.m., which is very unusual for a preseason game, but 10 a.m. Pacific time for a preseason game three. Um, so and then a few things real quick. Well, we'll see how quick they are because we got to get into our Rob Gordons and our Rob Gordons today, Todd, are... Rob Gordons today are our five favorite comedic actors. Yes, which was one of the hardest ones I've ever had to do because it was like yes. I'm leaving so many people out. Same here, same here. Um, and, yeah, and I, I suggested I, to Lee and Prepo, we should do 10. And Lee said, mm, we want to end the podcast before Tuesday. It's like, good exactly. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I always go long. Um, yeah, but, yeah. uh, the U S women's national team lost, um, yeah. earlier today being Sunday, um, nil, nil, but they lost in penalty kicks. Um, which was, I don't know if you watched the, the highlight of it, but it barely, barely got in for Sweden. I like barely like an inch. Um, but it was enough. Uh, so That's what she the, said. Yeah, exactly. She's just the tip. Actually, it had to be the whole ball. It couldn't be this. Just the tip of the ball. Um, uh, Taylor Swift. Have you seen her? Uh, this horrible segue. I'm sorry. Sorry, Taylor, if you're listening to this. But um, did, have you seen the bonuses that she <laughs> has given out? Taylor never misses the show. I have seen the bonuses that she has given out. $100,000 uh, to each trucker. What? I mean, if there's yeah. a definition of class, it probably has Taylor's yeah. photo. Yeah, I don't particularly care for her music at all, but I'm indifferent to it. It's very I, I, I like classic. that she writes her own songs and she yeah, produces yeah. and everything like that. But very classy um, move. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean a lot of other well, uh, who what other artists do that? You know, it's like hey, I've got all this. Here's a hundred hundred thousand dollars. I mean, just yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that's that's like a month's rent. Uh, National Bank Open actually in your land starts uh tomorrow uh carlos alcarez is actually going to be playing Djokovic won't uh it's kind of weird how they do that uh, they alternate you may know this since you live there in toronto or near toronto and they uh they alternate every year so the women will play in toronto one year in montreal the next and then the men play vice versa to that so the women actually are in montreal this year and the men are in toronto but it's still the same tournament the national bank o- or canadian open but it's which Gotta have those sponsors. Quite National strange. Bank. National Bank, which is my bank. Actually is. Um, does that mean you get free tickets? It does. Awesome. Um, Just don't use your credit card. <laughs> or don't use your debit card. Sorry, don't use your debit card. Yeah, you can't because you can't use your debit card. Anyway, uh, yes. So good on Taylor Swift. And then um, the, place- the band Placebo has been around for a very long time. Their um their singer has gotten I'm not making this up um has gotten sued by the Italian prime minister <laughs> um because that sounds ridiculous which I, I, so basically what happened was uh, Brian Malco is the guy's name for placebo they were playing in Turin Italy um at a festival. 
and the Italian prime minister, for those who don't know Italian politics, and I know very little, but the the party in charge and the prime minister are extremely right wing. Like, just look it up. It's some of it's sickening. Um, but it's Italy, right? So they're always kind of weird with their politics. They they don't they there's no gray area. It's just one extreme or the other in Italy for some reason. Um, because they're not as smart people. They borrowed everything from the Greeks and Egyptians. But anyway, on this festival, um, Malko said um, basically that the Italian prime minister was um, shit, a racist, and something else. And because he said those words, um, the Italian prime minister was butthurt, I guess, and decided to, to sue this English singer, by the way. They're not even Italian. Um, about that and I was like you know it's kind of funny because you're just kind of proving this point right you're so right, right, right. You get so easily hurt that I know the right says oh you know it's we're not snowflakes we don't get hurt our feelings get hurt so easily well you've got a right wing prime minister in Italy who's literally because of three words is the Italian version of Donald Trump although right. I don't I, I, and I don't know enough about him but I doubt that he has 25 uh suits against him for sexual assault anyway um well, the thing is and i'm not ever one to say anything good about trump yeah but at least in this country the united states or canada i'm sorry to hear about your prime minister and his yeah, prime yeah, yeah. lady by the way um but it's just uh, uh maybe they'll get back together but at least in in north well, america he's available you don't have even the right-wing people saying Oh, you know what? Uh, at least there's there's no freedom of speech. I mean, that's like completely beyond. It's like, okay, you can't even say what you want to say. We're going to sue yeah. you. I mean, that's what are we well, in Malaysia but, or but, something? Yeah, but <laughs> but Trump did try to have many people taken off the air for saying things and and, and yeah, besides but that, those people, yeah. he was right about <laughs> that. So. Yeah, I love the fact that he makes threatening comments of, about if you come after me, I'm coming after you. And he says, oh, no, I was talking about political opponents. Opponents has nothing to do with the fact that I've been indicted for the third time for criminal activity. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, my girlfriend was asking about that. She's saying something about that. And she was like, well, can't he be? Because, you know, Jack Smith, uh, the prosecutor yeah, yeah. Has, um, has has put out, you know, tried to get a, um, what's it called? Uh, not restraining order, but that, but that kind of thing where he can't talk about it. Right. And I said, well, the way Trump phrased it is it, it, he couldn't be held you know, it's not a, a matter of him um, saying anything about a specific individual. So it's right, an out exactly. for him. Right. Of course. Which he's very he's he's clever that way. He's not smart, but he's clever that way. Yeah. He's he's cunning like a little piece of crap. Uh, anyway, we probably should get on with our our G's. That, that was it. That was our that was our okay. Rob Gordon's. Yeah. Well, there you go. Thanks for <laughs> listening. I don't know what it was a five of, but five <laughs> worst right wing leaders and starting with Italy. Um, All right. I'm sure you have a lot of uh, honorable mentions, so I'm going to kick off my honorable. I got mentions. Trump. I got uh. No, well, there's I have dishonorable Lady mentions. <laughs> my honorable mentions for favorite comedic actors, uh, and these these could be television, film, whatever. I mean, that's the way I put Honored it. Honored all radio. Well, there you go. Well, I know who two of them are. Okay. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Paul Rudd, Jason Bateman. Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn. If it weren't for the fact that they also did dramas so well, both Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn would be in my top five. But they're not just, none of these people are just comedic actors. 
but they're known more as comedic actors. So that's how mine are. Yeah. Too. Um, and, and you have the same four honorable mentions. That's crazy. Yeah, and name your five because I've got all those same. I didn't really do this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, my, you may actually have. Do you have Simon Simon Pegg in your top five? I do not. Okay, so he was. Uh, uh, you named a couple of the honorable mentions I had, but I've got Simon. These are my honorable mentions. Yeah. Simon Pegg, Eugene Levy, and uh, Jared Kiso, who's on Letterkenny. Who also can do all those guys can do drama yeah, yeah. as well, and I think it's partly because they're even when they do their dramatic roles, they're not they just they have a smirk sometimes to the role which you enjoy, right? But right, but right. yeah. So I'll go first. Uh, number five for me, um, and these are pretty much in order. But oh. number f- number five for me is uh, Christopher Guest, um, <laughs> who does all the yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, Spinal Tap and and Best in Show and and all those uh, mockumentaries, but he he does he's the only one on this list that actually is a lord and actually served in the House of Lords uh, in England in Parliament, which is interesting, isn't it? Um, also, the least funny thing about him. Yeah, and I'm sure he thought that as well. <laughs> um, he doesn't think that way. Yeah, he's actually Canadian, but because he's Canadian, he had to, he still had the the Baron title. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, Christopher Guest because he writes and he comes up with uh, he's very. Yes. I remember when Eugene Levy was doing a podcast and talking about um, first time he met Christopher Guest, which was you know, and they were making one of the mockumentaries. It wasn't Spinal Tap. I think it was um, Waiting for Guthman. And um, hmm. Levy was like, okay, well, there's what's is there a script? And Christopher Guest is like, nope, no, no, no script. It's all just uh, ad lib. And uh, Levy was <laughs> like, well, you know, is there like a is there like something with the scene where we have to? And Christopher Guest is like, nope, we're just we're literally going to come in and just see what happens. And that's that's partly what makes it fun, right? Is because it is right. clearly just like, which is. That's what makes it so funny. All those actors are great in those films anyway, but yeah, Christopher Guest number five. That's why we always, that's why we don't do 10 Rob Gordons because they would literally be like, okay, so three hours later, yes. my num- three hours later, my number and, three is. And and I left out, I don't know how I left them out, but this, these honorable mentions, all the members of Monty Python. That's mm-hmm. And I'm going to move on. Mine are not in any. Can I, oh, sorry, can I jump in real fast? I don't have, yeah. I didn't have John Cleese or Palin on here or anything Yeah. for this. Almost for that same reason, because individually they're funny, but there's so much of a group yes, that yeah. brings out the genius. So I, I didn't have. Yeah. And they have worked individually, but oh, yeah, yeah, as a as a group is like, oh my God. Uh, and Palin's stuff is almost more serious when he does it. Yeah. And Cleese's yeah. can be, too. Sure. <laughs> anyway, my, and mine are not in any order because I, I, I feel like I'm missing somebody. Oh, and, me too. And, which I feel is, like I'm missing several. And, and afterwards, it's like. God, how could I not mention? Like I, I mean, I'm I, okay. I'm sorry. My number five. My number five is no order at all. Gene Wilder. Uh, Gene Wilder is hilarious. Uh, he can be the funny guy. He can be the straight man. Typically more the straight man, but he still has a lot of good lines, and his delivery is phenomenal. And and he's done a few more serious roles. But his work with, uh, mm, yeah, uh, with a certain stand-up, legendary stand-up comic who's also wonderful in films. 
imagine Gene Wilder and Lenny Bruce? I don't <laughs> think that works. Um, <laughs> but I'd love to see it. Uh, with as with really all of these players, that well, let me take that back. With most of these players, there's this heart at the core of his performances. I, I just love Gene Wilder in in film. Anyway, you're number four. Um, number four for me is Jack Black because he brings yeah. just a, a manic energy, but it's yeah. from the heart. And that's, yep. you know, everything he does funny wise is just so organic. And then that makes it funnier because, you know, it's coming from a place of truth. Um, so, yeah, Jack Black is my number four. I did that succinctly, right? That was good. I was like, well, at this point, we're in the show in like six hours. So let well, me see how succinct I can be. Well, I'm going to ramble on on my number four. Uh, and again, I, I'm just kind of Robert like pulling, Plant is your number four. Pulling these who has almost as good a voice as Jack Black. Uh <laughs> My number four is Steve Carell. Same reasons you gave it Jack Black. Uh, not the manic energy at all. Uh, his humor is much more controlled. But again, it comes from this. There's this sense of his heart at the core of it. And so and more. More obviously from his TV role as, as Michael Scott, that's an iconic thing, uh, which defines that the, the absurdity with the heart at the core of it and i'm taking up all the time you didn't use so thank you very much for awesome. that uh but <laughs> it's it like we're in a, a debate ding <laughs> <laughs> but in film too ab- absolutely wonderful you're number three uh and Carell is hilarious in the patient i did not know it was a mockumentary until no. <laughs> um <laughs> so almost as good as ironweed <laughs> laugh to laugh at pretty it. much yeah yeah um Oof. Um, fantastic in that too, by the way. Um, Who? Gleason. Uh, the, okay, yeah, yeah, Donald. Yeah, yeah. He might, um, he might wind up being better than his dad, which is like, how the hell do you pull that off? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brendan Gleason is phenomenal, but his son is like, that dude's yeah. got the chops. The Harry Potter years and the patient. And, no, um, so, <laughs> uh, people are like, who haven't seen the patient have no idea what we're talking about, but, um, patient. Number three for me is Bill Murray, um, another guy who can do fantastic work. Um, Razor's Edge is always really, Razor's really Edge. underrated. Yeah, exactly. He can do dramatic work, but he just has a sense of humor that is extremely dry that I identify with yep. completely. Um, but yeah, he's he can also be extremely goofy, especially in Caddyshack and things like that. Meatballs. But yeah, he just uh, he's just a mature type of funny as the years go on, and it's few people can do what he does basically. And then Bill Murray is my number three for the same, not that, but yeah, exact same reason. It's like the guy who did Caddyshack, Gunga, 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 Gunga. <laughs> so I got that going for me. Also did Lost in Translation. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why Bill, uh, Bill Murray's phenomenal. Yeah. Love Bill Murray. Okay. Yeah. Coffee and cigarettes, which is just, uh, I don't know. You've <laughs> yes. seen that, right? Yeah. It's like, he's just, I love that you mentioned Razor's Edge because I think there are five people in the world who've seen it. Bill's one of them, and we're two of the others. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, he chose to go in a different direction, and it definitely is a different direction. And it just it's because of when he did it, it's definitely was never going to get enough appreciation for what he did. And he's excellent in it, and he's matured and he's grown since then. I would love to see him, like for TV or TV, <laughs> like TV's a thing. God, how <laughs> old am a- I? I would love to see him do it for some streaming services. Redo Razor's Edge. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd anyway, be awesome. Hey, uh, we have two people left each. Do you have a certain person named with the initials LB? I do not. 
See, we should mention before we go into how can we leave off Lucille Ball, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just, and I feel like I I don't have enough female uh, representation. I, I, I don't have any female representation other than Captain Gilda Radner. And, I mean, and, and, and yeah, and I forgot, honestly, Lucille Ball. I don't know how. I think in more movies, I guess, but perfect. Yeah, I think I was too. Yeah. Um, a number two for me, but yeah, is Charlie Chaplin. Um, I can't believe Chaplin's number two for you. Wow. Well, I, number, you probably know what number one is. Yeah. It's Tom Cruise. Um, you actually uh, can be funny. But yeah, Charlie Chaplin is, um, is uh, he's just a genius. But I mean, he controls the whole thing with his, all his films, right? Yeah, he's yeah, the director, yeah. producer, the writer. Um, and the music. The music's phenomenal. But just him as an actor, I, I mean, how many people have done or or able to do what Chaplin was able to do, right? Keaton, who learned from Chaplin yeah, um, to some degree. So it's just like, yeah, it's Charlie, Charlie Chaplin. If you haven't seen any Charlie Chaplin films or you're opposed to watching silent films, um, I would probably ask what's wrong with you. Charlie Chaplin, the biggest star of the silent film era, I'd say that's not a, a question. Uh, and translated to the sound era and was still one of the biggest stars even though he was he stayed back as far as the sound film is a great dick dictator and i didn't do charlie right. chaplin because i knew you were going to do charlie chaplin uh and charlie chaplin yes was he one of the best comedic actors ever yes but he to me he just like supersedes the category i agree yeah and that's almost I'm glad you said that because I almost didn't have him right on this list because it almost diminishes everything else he the overscope of what he does, you know. But then he, when you he boil it act, down, is, it's still the performance. Yeah, he's a one of five favorite five favorite actors of bearing the soul of humanity. It's like wow, is that grandiose? But I thought you said well, Barry, and I was like, Chaplin was in Bill Hader's Barry. <laughs> He would. He'd be great. He in played it. the Gene Cousineau role. Everybody the, thought it was a Winkler, but it was. But it's like, yeah, Chaplin was phenomenal. Uh, my number two is Zero Mustel. I, I looked through a bunch of lists, not to like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, I didn't have an opinion. I'm going with that. I looked through lists to make sure I didn't miss somebody. And I did the same thing. And Zero Mustel didn't show up on any of these lists. It's like, uh, have y'all ever seen a movie? <laughs> Um, talk about man, Zero Mustel was Jack Black, and he could sing too, oddly enough. Yeah. But but with not as wonderful a singer, but that manic energy, that insanity, and of course he and Gene Wilder made a couple of films which are iconic, absolutely insane. But Zero Mustel had so much insane energy that he actually terrified Gene Wilder while they're filming the producers in this scene <laughs> where Gene Wilder screams and has a panic attack. And Gene Wilder said that was real because Zero Mustel scared <laughs> him so much. And he wasn't attacking him except by his presence. Zero Mustel was is a an absolute force of nature. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. Absolutely. I just I can't even say the guy's name without thinking of him and laughing. <laughs> Speaking of a uh, force of nature, before we get into our number ones, we should probably point out that Paul Rubens passed away last week. Yeah. Um and I, I'm uh so glad to see how many people have have uh, talked about that. 
Yeah, he's on. I, so he he was good friends with Conan O'Brien. No surprise there, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, Conan. The comedy re- of anarchy. Hmm. <laughs> they have in common. Uh, Conan Conan O'Brien needs a friend. He he replayed a um, <laughs> a podcast with Rubens um, late last week. He he does an intro for like a ten minute intro and just about how Rubens didn't you know had um, had cancer and, and kind of hit it. It didn't hit it. He just didn't talk about it openly. He didn't want he didn't want that to define him, right? Yeah. And and he just talked about, which is that's brave. I mean, if it were me, I I, I mean, I'm not one who's like, oh, I'm sick, you know, I don't want to poo poo myself. But it's like, yeah. He, I, again, it's like he didn't want it to define him. And everybody who just sees Rubens from like Pee Wee's Playhouse or uh, the whole issue with the you know, yeah, the porn thing. But um, he was so much more than that. And he did the other things he was really funny in. And and Conan O'Brien was just saying how quick he was. And in this podcast, it's listen to the podcast. It's just like he's Rubens is not like he's Conan O'Brien's like there's two people who if you have them on the show, they're quicker. They're going to be quicker than anybody else. He's like Rubens is one. Martin Short's the other. He's like, Ooh. you just have them on the show. Don't script it and just let them go. But Rubens is different from Short because it's shortens a lot more like Jack Black, right? It's manic yeah. energy. Right. But Rubens is more like, I guess in a way, he's more like Steve Martin, right? Because it's very thoughtful in a way that a way he's yeah. doing it, unless he's Pee-wee. But he's very thoughtful in the way he's saying it. It's, it's very funny. And just the way he plays off of Conan in that podcast is very funny. So definitely worth worth a mention. If, if Rubens never did anything but Pee-wee's Playhouse and not even the movies, not even the movies. I mean, yeah, that guy was. Yeah. Conan was like, ah, so how did Pee-wee's Playhouse, it was a children's show, how did it came to be? And, you know, how did you get that put on air? And Rubens was like, well, to be honest, everybody there was heavily drinking. And it's just so funny. <laughs> it's just he he's very deadpan and not like Harrison Ford deadpan, but a little bit above that. I think that's one reason that Conan Conan likes that kind of humor. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely worth the uh, worth uh, listening to that podcast. Sure. Um, and number one for me is Hugh Grant. Um, again, a guy who can do I can see why drama, yeah. um, but just his I mean, man, I could watch the the new Wonka trailer just <laughs> for the end, just for Hugh yeah. Grant, because he's it's what he's in it for like 20 seconds and he's hilarious just in the trailer. And and but he does I mean four weddings he's he does all these to me iconic roles like four weddings and a funeral and Notting yeah. Hill but he he he's not he's better than anybody else in that film but he's not trying to be better he's he's with Julia Roberts right and he right. he really is the star I mean uh, two weeks notice with with uh, Sandra Bullock Sandra you know Bullock, he, yeah. he he's driving those films he just has such a and maybe because I have more of an inkling to that kind of british irish kind of humor where it's more you know much more deadpan and dry but i i just i can watch him in anything his drama dramatic stuff is phenomenal too to me but they're very underrated when it comes to that but um yeah he's just he's just funny i would watch him in, and paddington too he's freaking hilarious i mean he's just funny in everything i've ever seen him in so he's number one for me speaking of uh comedic actors sandra bullock uh I, she would not be in my top five but so again, totally forgot Sandra Bullock is like she, she's a wonderful comedic actress, and obviously she can knock it out of the park with drama as well. Yep. My my number one is so similar with the sensibilities as yours. I, I can't believe he's not Hugh Grant, but it's Groucho Marx. Um, 
<laughs> talking about Carl Marx. Yes, Carl Marx. Funniest. Very, actor. very funny. Funniest he actor. had Ingalls laughing in laughing, the door all the time. Rolling in the aisles. All the time. <laughs> we really need to get through this manifesto, but damn it, you're just so funny. <laughs> going going back to when we first talked about Monty Python, the Monty Python troupe, and how together, you know, they they're all brilliant individually, but together they were like the super group. Um, and, and Groucho Marx, to an extent, was that with his brothers, of course, uh, but mainly Harpo and, 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 and Chico, because uh, they were really the only other color one and the other guys were straight men. But Groucho was the core of that group. Groucho was the engine that drove it. And Groucho had a long career long after his brothers dropped out of performing. And, and again, it's that comedy of anarchy absolute anarchy if you haven't seen the film duck soup it's like holy yeah. crap and i know these films are at this point we're approaching 90 years old it's insane but the, well with chaplin his a lot of his films were over 100 years old yeah 1914 i think was his first yeah so that's yeah yeah uh but funny is funny yeah and and, and the best humor at its core is universal uh and, and groucho marx just was such a, chaplin was a, a rebel against the establishment in a serious vein even in his comedies groucho was a rebel against the establishment in the craziest most ridiculous manner but really honestly they both were pushing the same message just like yeah. the little guy is what matters Humanity is what matters. Chaplin did it obviously in a much more refined and elegant manner, and and but it's the same message really. But to me, it's like I, I cannot watch Groucho Marx in, in anything without just laughing, just seeing him, <laughs> uh, and, and just talking about being quick. I mean, incredibly quick wit. Very, very funny. And it's like, yeah, they didn't write their their material. S.J. Perlman wrote a lot of the early movies, but there was a lot of ad-libbing as well. And Marx is just, again, Karl Marx was just brilliant. Yeah, anyway, was, uh, we, have some, we have some varied... Uh, we do, and, and, but group. I appreciate all yours. I mean, I agree 100% with all yours. Yeah. And, and, and that's the and, thing, we could have done 20. And we're still leaving people oh my gosh, out. Like, yes. oh my god, if, yeah. How do we not mention Lucille Ball? It's like, yeah, seriously. Exactly. Dick you Van know? Dyke. I mean, it's you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And Dick Van Dyke. Andy Griffith. Like, Don Knotts. I mean, we could all how, those. How did we not mention Don Knotts or Andy Griffith for that matter? It's like that. I don't know where would we. What would the cutoff be? 137. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, and even then we'd be leaving people out. Yeah. I I, I want to mention you. I, the reason I didn't have. Rob McElhaney or Glenn Howerton or Charlie Day is yeah. on this list is because I, especially Day, Howerton can be a lot more. Again, if you haven't seen Blackberry, you yeah. should. Howerton is deviously funny, but it's it's a dramatic kind of dramatic role. And McElhaney is always reliant, more reliant on on other actors, which he admits. Right. I just put as many funny people around me as possible and it makes me look funnier, basically, is what he said. And they can be funny. But to me, collectively. Yeah. Um, they're kind of, they're not as, they're not that Marx Brothers, but it's that same kind of thing. If you take, same, yeah. put them in something else, it's, you know, it's just, but together, yeah, that, it's that just synergy, genius. Right, that synergy creates something that, that's. Could I have Danny DeVito on this list, just FYI. So. 
How did, and we're leaving so many. I mean, there's just. Yes. <laughs> Every time you open your mouth, it's like, how did I not put that I in? I know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. Makes you feel worse. It's like, oh, damn it. These people are going to. Because you know how people are. It's like, oh, you like Hugh Grant? Well, how come you don't like Danny DeVito? Well, no, I do like well, Danny DeVito. I, and I didn't mention, I and I failed to mention Jerry Lewis in, in even, and at sometimes. Because you're not French. Because I'm not French. Uh, if you live in Quebec, Quebec, then you'd be mentioning a whole bunch of. Who was? I, I, someone was talking about the, a performance, and I, God, I, I can't think of who it was. But the, the director just gave him one line of direction. He said, more, he said, less Jerry, more Dean. And he knew exactly <laughs> what he meant, and that's how he played it, and it was perfect. And I can't think of who the actor was. But that's funny. You know, and it's like uh, Jerry Lewis is hilarious in this stuff, but The Nutty Professor still remains one of my favorite because he, he does a dramatic performance at, in the same film. Basically, he's parodying himself from everything you read, and he said mm, a little bit. But from what you read about other people saying, it's like Jerry Lewis was Buddy Love. Uh, <laughs> well, speak, uh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Just jumping on Nutty Professor, and not one of his best roles, but another actor, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, yeah. We didn't. Yeah, and, um, and to me, some of the actors—I mean, they're not—they're good comedic actors, but they're like one of the lists had Mel Brooks, and it's like Mel Brooks is not really a good comedic actor. He's He's okay, he's okay but, but, yeah. but it's it's his writing and directing that where Mel Brooks really shines. So anyway, yeah, I saw a list at Jerry Seinfeld on it, and I'm like, yeah, I think even Jerry, Jerry would be like, I was Jerry just Seinfeld is a myself. horrible comedic actor. He's a yeah. terrible comedic <laughs> actor. He's hilarious, but he's not an actor. No, and, <laughs> like, and, and, and that's what he's he's. Yeah. I think even he would disagree. Like, oh, what have I acted? I'm in B movie, I guess. Yeah, it's <laughs> like <he's, laughs> I think he's actually said that. Yeah, and we can. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It was, it was just voice only. We didn't have Mel Blanc on here. I mean, that would have. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. This we could do a twelve-hour show and still. It's like, oh yeah, and yeah, the Eskridge left him out. <laughs> the Eskridge is hilarious. Mm. Um. Well, that we don't. We only have an ending for this show. That's it. That's that is our ending. Stay funny. Stay. <laughs> stay funny. <laughs> what's the what's the word I'm. Oh, stay funny, San Diego. No, we didn't have <laughs> Will Ferrell on here either. So. No, I didn't have Will. I, I would not put Will Ferrell on my list. I just. Yeah. I know, your real list is, is Adam Sandler, Ferrell, Seth Rogen. I get that. But, you know, <laughs> for the highbrow part of the podcast, I, I get that you had the other people. Early. I would, early Adam Sandler. I would put early Adam yeah. Sandler. I would. Yeah. I mean, I thought no, I'm surprised you didn't have Gregory Peck on there, to be honest. It was just like, you know. Who, again, can't be funny. Anyway, that's next week we'll be talking about the Seahawks versus Vikings preseason game. Hopefully no injuries. Otherwise, enjoy your week. Why are you the worst? Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.